Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. The Premier League preview show with Talk Sport. What a turn and run from Azar from inside his own half. Runs into the Huddersfield half. He's got two to his right. Pedro's one of them into the area for number three. Brilliantly done. What a swift counter attack from Chelsea. Here's Lacazette. Edge of the Bournemouth penalty area. Shoots right footed. Picks out the top corner. Well, that's what you pay the top dollar for. It's the Premier League preview show for the second week of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and the game's coming up this weekend. They start on Saturday, 12.30 UK time, Cardiff against Newcastle United. Across the three o'clock this weekend, Tottenham take on Fulham. It's Everton against Southampton. Wolverhampton Wanderers go to Leicester and West Ham host Bournemouth. The big game of the weekend, the late game on Saturday, is Chelsea against Arsenal. On Sunday, Manchester City take on Huddersfield Town. Brighton Hove Albion take on Manchester United and Burnley are up against Watford. Monday night football this week as well. Crystal Palace up against Liverpool. Such memories of Suarez in tears for so many of us. Uh, Our panel this week on the preview show. Let's say hello first to Talk Sports football editor David Walker. How are you, mate? I'm very good, Tom. I had a great first weekend of the season. You went to the Watford I'm game, top right? Of the leagues in all the fantasy leagues. Oh, are you? Yes, I thought you were talking yes. about the real thing, but no, it's it your fantasy league like being good. I didn't know what I was talking about last week, but secretly, I put two Fulham players in and they lost two 0 So don't follow my advice ever when it comes to fantasy football. But our audience already knew that. Uh, also with us this week on the preview show, let's say hello to Big Michael Jubry, the former Chelsea, Stoke, and Leeds defender. How are you, Dubs? You right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Not too bad. I don't know about take the big. Are you talking about height? I'm thinking about persona. Ah, uh, yeah. The well, big. I'm very good. The big then. persona of the former Premier League defender, I'm all round lovable rogue, I'm Michael Jubry. Maybe a bit touchy, but I'm happy now. <laughs> yeah, you're <not> touchy. <laughs> this is a friendly show. We're all pals around here, all right? It is. It is. Uh, great to have you with us. Also with us in the studio, former West Ham, Leicester, Southampton, Watford. That's enough. Uh, David Connolly, striker. How are you, mate? You're right. I'm very good. You, David Connolly, striker. Do you like that? That's not too bad. I'm I... thinking about doing that as a thing. If you'd have said the small. Yeah, I should have done that, yeah. As opposed to big... You also have gravitas. Wow, thank you don't stand next to each other, it might be embarrassing. Let's get to our first big game of the weekend that we're going to look at. It's Chelsea against Arsenal, 5.30 UK time on Saturday. Uh, And let's start by talking about the home team, Chelsea, and let's talk to a former Chelsea defender all about them. Uh, Last weekend, they went 4-3-3 against a very, very poor Huddersfield town. So, Jubes, in many ways, it's quite hard to judge Chelsea on last weekend because they basically took on championship opposition. Agree or not? I agree. I think um, can't take too much into the result. Um, but we got the three points considering this time last year uh, started with a defeat against which could have been a, a poor team that played well, a lesser team. So I'm taking that, you know what, three points, we move on and he's still building. He's, he's had two weeks 
without the team in pre-season because he took over a little bit less. So he's still building and to build in this league and get a result is uh, is good with me. Can I ask you about centre-half? Sorry, I just want to ask you, ask you about David Luiz playing centre-half. It's a big discussion last week and he wasn't really tested last week. Do you see David Luiz playing in the centre of defence, in a four-man defence this weekend against Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, maybe Lacazette and have they got anyone else good? Yeah, some other good players as yeah. well. Um, um, for me, I'm, I'm like, defenders defend and his mindset is attacking. He always wants to think forward first and I think he'll struggle. I think he'll struggle over the course of 38 games or how many he plays. I think he'll get exposed a little bit. I hope he proves me wrong. But um, I'm not a massive fan. I don't think he's got the discipline, is the word, I'm, to play for 38 games in that position. They have some good games and they do some wonderful things and they, they do something going forward that people think forget about his defending. But over 38 games, I think he'll struggle. I find that completely mad, really, that we've got so many people who say that he can't play in a back four. I mean, he must have done it for pretty much his whole career. I know he's had a few seasons under Conte in that season when they won the league. He was fantastic in a three. He is suited to playing in that role in a three. But this is a top-class central defender. Surely is, is he, he must still? be able to do it. Is he still a top-class central defender? Maybe once upon a time when John Terry bailed him out every 25 minutes. But now he's got to be the senior man in that defence. I mean, David, as a centre-forward, you want to be playing against David Luiz in the centre of that defence, right? Well, I mean, if you rewind a little bit to the charity shield and you, you look at that display, not, not only at the back but in midfield, but if you just say at the back, you know, Luiz and Rudiger, I mean, they just... Rudiger especially gave Aguero far too much space. So... I think the hardest real result is 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 how they get on against those teams, which I think you'll take for granted. They get they are going to put those teams away. It's how they play against the better teams. I mean, they were so tactically naive against City, chasing all over the park. They just left far too much space. Fabregas not enough legs. Barkley not enough legs. Even mm. Jorginho, they're outnumbered yeah. in there. They were pulled to pieces. And I'm sure Sari's thinking, oh, maybe this is not what I thought this league was going to be I've been taught a lesson here so I think the Huddersfield result that there was no points at stake in the Charity Shield but I think he'll take that performance and hopefully has learned from that it's just whether he's got the players within the squad now the window's closed when he comes up against those teams the Liverpools the cities, you know, is he got enough in his locker to maybe get something out of those games? I'm not so sure. I don't think he can reshuffle too much. Um, for again, looking in the eyes of defender against Man City, Aguero comes off and they they didn't know where to come go. They let him turn. Then they're on the back foot. Everything's on the back foot. And for a top class, I'm not saying for my being a top class central defender is always on the front foot mm. that's how you put a, an attacker on the back foot you're on the front foot and too many times they're on the back foot and you saw not only that if you compare say that performance a bit like how West Ham played in terms of trying to press from the front against Liverpool that Maybe was Chelsea Ham, mate. I'm in a good mood here we're not Sorry, doing that until later in the programme okay. we well, can talk about good stuff here we'll just gloss over them but let's gloss. just say we're trying Keep to glossing. compare style so Sarri ball trying to win the ball high up off City back line is way back here stretched all over the place that's how West Ham played and they got they got beat by four so I think Sarri might have learnt a thing or two he's new to the Premier League hasn't hasn't been here a bit like for example Pellegrini who hasn't been here mm. for a little while I think they were both taught a harsh lesson it's just whether they can learn from that I want to get to Arsenal but I've got to ask you about a couple of players in this Chelsea team starting with Ross Barkley who started last week Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on for him uh, there's been talk about him maybe going to Schalke this week uh, because they're, they're overstocked in central midfield of course Mateo Kovacic may well be in the squad this weekend may well play this weekend wasn't there last weekend is Ross Barkley good enough for Chelsea 
Uh, is Ruben Loftus-Cheek good enough for Chelsea? Would you expect one of them to go? And do you expect one to start this weekend? Well, I think Ross Barkley was a was a strange signing. Um, you know, when he came in, he really struggled. And, and, I, and I saw them live a couple of times. He was so off the pace. The crowd got on him immediately. He kept mm. giving the ball away. His confidence was shot yeah. to pieces. Now, he's had a bit of a summer break. He seems in better form. Now, whether you'd have him over Loftus-Cheek, I'm not so sure. Uh, I think I think Loftus Cheek's a very talented player, but it seems like his face doesn't really fit there at the minute. Yeah, he's a strange runner. He's, he's come back. He, he did well in the World Cup. You'd think is he has to. If one's going to go, it'd be Ross Barkley, and then you stay with the one that has more long-term potential. But again, his face doesn't seem to fit. Um, so me, I'd, I'd keep Ruben and. Roscoe. I think you have to. You think I think people forget about Loftus Cheek because he played for England in places in the World Cup. He's basically only had one proper season of senior football, hasn't he? Really at yeah. Crystal Palace, and even that he was injured for quite a lot of last season. He's not got a lot of top level games, but he has shown the potential that he has. But someone needs to just back him and say, "You're our man. You're in the team," and hopefully you can flourish. Uh, the other guy I want to ask you about is Olivier Giroud. Alvaro Morata played last week. Giroud back training with the squad. Of course, a World Cup winner now. Uh, scored. In this fixture for Arsenal in February 2017 if he scores for the Blues he'll be only the second player to score in this fixture for both sides in the Premier League who's the other? Current Chelsea man Cesc Fabregas eh? Mm. Little stat for you Um, Olivier Giroud one of the most underrated players in football if he's fit enough you've got to start him in front of Morata haven't you this weekend? I think he what he does for the team is he brings everyone else into play Morata he looks like someone's broken. He's got no confidence. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even plan for my under-11s team at the moment. Well, he wouldn't qualify, I assume. put my arm around him. I've like, not seen his birth certificate, but he, I'm pretty sure he, he wouldn't qualify. He, he's so low on confidence. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get that, because obviously this game's about confidence, and he doesn't look like anyone's going to get that out of him anytime soon. Giroud, I love the way that he brings everyone in. He gives the centre-half a bit more problem. He's not going to run away from you, but you know what? Hold it up. You bring Willian, Hazard, Pedro and everyone else into play and I think that's what you need. I I just feel that Morata is, you know, the greatest respect because obviously the the, the top strikers, but he's another Shevchenko. He's not going to work at Chelsea. They have to just, they should have cut their losses, you know, should have done something before the window. I saw Giroud come on and he absolutely turned the game against Southampton last season. Uh, scored two, they were dead and buried Chelsea. The ball went up to Morata. It wasn't sticking. He wasn't getting hold of it. His touch was awful. His hold-up play was terrible. He never looked a threat. And when I looked at the game the other day, it was like when players were running with the ball, they could have... And uh, Michael noticed as well, certain players, you know he's on your left, but he's on your right, and you think, if I give it to him, nothing's going to come of it. So instead he went to Pedro. I think it was Hazard was travelling yeah. with the ball. He went to Pedro, stuck it away. I just wonder. Now, I could be looking into that, but I just feel a lot of... Sometimes yeah, players go, you know he's not going to get hold of it I can't give him the ball I'm just I'm just going to go here and then you look last night Diego Costa and you think wow if Chelsea still yeah. had him yeah. what um, might they be we're going to move on to Arsenal uh, the last Arsenal manager to lose their first two matches in charge was Steve Burtonshaw who lost his first three games as caretaker back in 1986 uh, Dave on TalkSport this week uh, we've heard from Sam Allardyce we heard from Tony Adams 
all saying that Unai Emery got it all wrong last week. His tactics were all wrong. It felt like people have been on the station and they've gone two-footed early doors on Unai Emery. Uh, from what you've heard and what you've seen, is that right? Is the criticism right from last week's performance? It was Man City. Well, maybe we'll get on to what Sam Allardyce said a bit later on about, about playing out from the back. <laughs> but I think you, you can criticise Emery to an extent, but in, in, also his hands are tied. He, he's come in and he's... he's Made a couple of signings, but none of them are, are well beaters. They're, they're sensible signings, I suppose, to bolster the squad. But he's got that Arsene Wenger squad that we know has kind of lost its way, and he's trying to play a style of play that's not really suited to those players. He wants to play a high pressing game with a high line, and they haven't got the players to do that really. We could see that against Man City last week. It was only 2 0, but really could have been a lot more. Uh, studs down, everybody. All right, studs down. Let's not go two-footed on Emery just yet. <coughs> uh, one final quick question on this, because we've got to move on, is about Petr Cech uh, last week. There was a great uh, comparison I saw online. I've been using this all week. It was so funny. When that ball went back to Petr Cech last week, it was like when you're 8-0 down on a video game. You just try and score an own goal and miss. Uh, it was one of the bizarrest things for a professional to do. Uh, there's the whole Bayer Leverkusen Petr Cech Twitter spat. Uh, lads, do you see Petr Cech being in goal again this weekend? Are we going to see Bernd Leno? Uh, no, I think you're going to see better check in goal and what I would say is going back to I know you want to get off him but going back to Emery Unai Emery what they should have done that's what he wants doesn't he really on this show what they should have done I feel and they've done it a, a season too late is obviously Arsene should have moved on and then they could have had Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola mm. they've waited a season or two too late and and to me now they're picking up scraps Emery he was free he was he didn't have a club did he so he was available and I think it's the easy option I'm not sure he's going to be the the coach that they need I, th- I think I just missed the boat with those two coaches that they could have got yeah it's, I think it was a, a hope I hope he turns things around hope he just gets things started I hope I think with him I think they're hoping he changes the culture and then the next man picks up because right now the, the mindset and the culture at Arsenal Football Club with the players is not a, a good one it's not of great worth ethic it's not with great desire so I think hoping he changes things hmm. and then they can build from there uh, Chelsea Arsenal 5.30 UK time Saturday score predictions uh, what do you think Dave? I think Chelsea are going to win this I think Arsenal's still got a lot of work to do I think it'll be a, a narrow Chelsea win 2-1 something like that Dubs? Chelsea win 2 goals DC? I'm going to go for a narrow away win 1-0 Cat among the pigeons from David Connolly that's where he likes it that's where he likes to put his cats. Uh, I'm taking Chelsea comfortable 2-3-0 in this game. Uh, right, stay with us on the Premier League preview show. Next up, we are talking about Spurs against Fulham. Ericsson finding a gap though. Aurier's pass now towards the edge of the penalty area. Couldn't quite nick it around the defender. Aurier gets it in first time. Another great ball! And at the back post is Dele Alli. Work for Wanda Saka, who gets to his feet. Beats two players, Aaron Wanda Saka. is a good youngster. Here's Zaha, who's been put clear. Wilfred Zaha rolls it in. Here they come with Naby Keita. One of the additions to that side. A strong run. He has to put from Robinson to the left. To deliver the cross. And Moisala there on the line to touch it in. It's the Premier League preview show for the second weekend of the season. Let's move to Wembley Stadium now, shall we? That's what Spurs have done for this week. Maybe next week. Maybe the season. We don't know. Let's not get into that on this show. Uh, They're up against Fulham this weekend uh, at Wembley Stadium, the home of football. Spurs, good win last weekend. Great home record as well. Lost just two of their last 38 home league games across two grounds. Only Chelsea and Man City uh, were able to beat them and they both came last season. Uh, Harry Kane last weekend again hasn't scored. 14 games in August now. 988 minutes. 46 shots. 
Harry Kane still can't score in August. Uh, David Collin, let's come to you first on Tottenham Hotspur. Good win last weekend away at Newcastle. Hard fought win away uh, win at Newcastle last weekend. Uh, but still no new faces. Lots of players from the World Cup rush back into action. When are they going to start feeling some burn on that? Because they played, I think, five World Cup semi-finalists, or quarter-finalists, or a winner last week. Um, it, it feels like Spurs are going to experience a burnout sometime soon. Well, look, they have previously in the past, and that's been levelled against Pochettino before. So, you know, they just fell up short. Do you remember towards the end of the season, they just ran out of legs, and, and it was his training you know, regime, I think, that, that bore the brunt of that. And look, I left Southampton just as he came in, so I know the lad's told me exactly what he demands, and he demands an awful lot. Now, I think it's great for players. If we were coming back in, knowing we'd just been in a World Cup, we had to come back in and just get straight on with it. I think I think they'd be yeah. delighted with that. I don't think that would be a big issue. They missed all the running straight into the games. <laughs> Fantastic. But, you know, uh, by the same token, I think, look, obviously no new faces. When you come back pre-season, you always expect, look, we need a little bit of help here. We need to add a bit of quality. Nothing's come in. But he's been dignified. You'd have to say Pochettino. He's, he's carried himself really well. Possibly, though, he signed his contract too early. Don't think he's got any bargaining power. He should have said, look, I want him, him, him. And until he got them in the door, maybe held off on that contract. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan uh, of him. I think he's great manager. Um, but as you say, you're coming in the door and you don't see a new face. That's just a boost. Whether it's a threat, it boosts you because everyone has to now raise. You don't want complacency to set in, in that change room at White Hart Lane or Wembley where we're talking. But if there's no new faces, it does. Those players knowing that they're going to play every week, you know, yeah, yeah, we're playing. Doesn't matter about performance. Did you see any of that last week though against Newcastle? Because they look quite sharp. Delhi Alley looked very sharp last weekend. It's the first game. They come back because they want to boost. I'm I'm talking, you know, October. Right. Do you know what I mean? They're playing bad performance. Where's the competition coming from? But if you know that new faces on the bench, eager to play in training, and you're not playing well, you have to raise your game. So you know, in internal competition is where it's all about. It's where it's all about. It's always been that. And I think as well, look, he has mentioned about the academy boys like Oliver Skip. I think he's only 17, or I have seen in, in under 23 games, and he's a talented boy, you know, Harry Winks, etc. But I think they're the sort of, they might be the little cherry on top. Yeah. But, but you need you need a couple of others, more established players, to really get you over the line. And he must be dreadfully disappointed. He must be, because look at all the good work he's done. And, yeah. and he's going to be faced with what? Trying to finish in a top three again, doing well yeah. in the Champions League doing well in the Cups and what will they end up with and it'll just be levelled at him it'll be chucked at him he, yeah. he still hasn't won anything I think that's it must be it must be hard for him there's, to there's, work under that if the carrot and the stick but at the moment he's just getting the stick uh, Fulham this weekend uh, who lost last weekend against Crystal Palace they played some great football but no killer instinct you'd imagine Spurs front foot get at them and try and destroy them early doors is, is that something you see happening? Well I've seen Fulham pre-season actually against Sampdoria um, down at Aldershot not many there but I tell you what it was worth going to You work hard don't you? I do work hard yeah. He's and, always um, out the house Always out Travelling so, salesman Yeah yeah. Don't want to be at home with a wife but, what, um, <laughs> what stage of pre-season was that at? Because they signed so many players late on Yeah, the, t- the team has gone through such a change from last season and even through pre-season That's right it was one week before and, and Sampdoria still had a couple of weeks and look Sampdoria are excellent but uh, the, the, the problem they had is they just got no pace you know, in the middle of the park, the likes of That's Kearney, Kearney, McDonald, right? Kearney McDonald, Schurler, he's got no pace. As soon yeah. as Schurler gets it, he's coming inside. Quite predictable. Obviously, you expect Sessignon to get on the outside. But I can see that they take so long to get from their box to the opposition box. They've got to be so good now in the Premier League in the opposition box. Precision, yeah. picking out players. 
Are they going to be that good in the Premier League? And it's going to take them so long to get there. That style of play is fantastic. I just don't know whether they're going to have enough just with Mitrovic because without him basically Rui Font they've got nothing else they've yeah. basically got a whole new back five as well haven't they and how, how difficult is that Michael as a defender to go <clears> from playing you know with completely new set of players to get an established sort of pattern of play yeah. early on in the it, season as, as a defender you, you, you're back four five it's a relationship and you have to know where the other one is the trust the play going up ahead of communication all of that you know and that's what you want like Pre-season's great, but you need a little bit more. And, and in the high-intensity game, the high-pressure games of the Premier League, it's a high, it's a, it's a big learning curve. Uh, we chatted about him, Dave, uh, Ryan Sessegnon, back end of last season. Maybe going to get in the England squad. There was some talk about it April-May time. Certainly, he was fantastic in the Championship last year. Um, he seemed a little bit overawed last week, maybe. I mean, all the crosses that went towards Mitrovic were a good 10, 15 yards over his head. Yeah, I, th- I think you've got to be patient with him as well. I mean, he's still incredibly young. Only mm. just turned 18. We've seen some, some fantastic things from him in the championship. And he's, he's got great ability, but he's, he's not. you can't expect him to just come in straight away and be brilliant. And it's, you know, it's all about the players around him as well. Well, he did start life as a left-back, and obviously now he's, he's, he's playing a bit higher up. Look, he started last season at left-back. Never mind life. Right. Well, yes. Going eight to ten months since he became an attacker? Well, until Target came in, really, and then Target was the left-back. Yeah. Obviously, he's gone back off-loan, and as David says... Basically, a whole new back four. Callas has gone, so Chambers has come in. But, you know, apparently I heard that Tottenham had bid something like 30 million plus Danny Rose for Ryan Sessegnon. Now, you know, look, he's a full boy. a lot boy. of seats for that kind of money. They need that money right now, Tottenham. Well, you know, if that's true, that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. Mm. Now, whether potential. his head was turned or, or, or... I'm not saying that's a reason for maybe his indifferent performance. But look, he's a young kid. There's a lot on him. I think he's made the right call staying uh, at Fulham. I don't think Fulham need the money anyway. But uh, yeah, big changes at the back and it's going to be a tough one to pull together Fulham. Uh, Let's move on to Monday Night Football. Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Uh, Dubs, Liverpool last weekend, fantastic against West Ham United. Weren't really tested at the back. Uh, Joel Matip is back in training. Not sure he's going to be fit for this weekend. Uh, They'll be more tested, won't they, against Crystal Palace this weekend defensively. Uh, What do you make of Liverpool? Everyone was purring about them last week. There was no challenge. This is a big one. Yeah, listen, it wasn't challenged, but they did what they had to do and they did it well. And uh, everyone put in a performance. They looked hungry. They sent out a message to say, listen, we're going to be right up there. I know it's one game, but with all the the big spending, the big signings, they said it's coming together. I like at the back. They look like, the thing is with them, they look like they can be there for five years, all, all the back, whole back four. Um, I do like Liverpool, not as a club. I like what they're seeing. <laughs> Um, yeah, they do go on a bit about history, don't they? Um, no, I like uh, what I saw um, and what a good performance. I do, I did like the performance. Naby Keita is a huge upgrade, isn't he? For them, mm. he looked great first of all, and you know better than Emre Chan. Henderson didn't start. One Alden, he looks like he can play anywhere in that midfield. He looked really good. And also look at the bench. I mean, the bench was so strong. So they had what Sturridge, Henderson, Lalana, Shakiri. That's not a bad bench, is it? Uh, so worrying signs for Crystal Palace in this game. But Crystal Palace themselves, very good last week. Big fan of their back four. Dubs, you mentioned the Liverpool back four. Last weekend, uh, Juan Bissaka, who I saw come in back end of last season, thought it was fabulous in the Man United game, which I was commentating on. Uh, James Tompkins, Premier League pro. Sacco, should have given a penalty away last week, but fantastic. And also Patrick Van Arnholt, defensively questionable, but going forward, phenomenal. They've just got a good balance of their team, Palace, yeah, haven't they? they uh, their performance last week, they did what they had to do done well um, I'm very pleasing um, I think they'll be tested a lot more this week and I think this would be a kind of a, a measure 
for them as a, a team, a club, to see, OK, where are we sitting for this, this year? And it, a lot of uh, takeouts from the result, win, lose or draw for them and how they're going to see for this season. It's a big game for, for Wan-Bissaka as well. He's got a lot of plaudits from his performance last week. A lot of eyes on him. Very big point scorer in the dream team. But he, <laughs> he was he was coming up against... You're Sessinor. too good at this. It's frustrating. Up, he was coming up against a, a young player, a new Premier League team. This weekend, he's going to have Salah. He's going to have Firmino. He's going to have Mane. you have Robertson. All, all these players bombing forward past him. And, you know, it could be difficult for him. Absolutely. Look, it's a different challenge. <laughs> no doubt this is probably as, as hard as it comes. In formidable form, Liverpool just put four past West Ham so I think uh, a, bit, a bit tough challenge but look, Palace have got you know a couple of real match winners yeah. you know Townsend obviously everyone knows about Zahar they've got some talent in there plus they're a bit dogged disciplined like Roy Hodgson yeah. likes to play I'm sure they'll be fine this season I'm they sure just have, a good have all the balance of a good Premier League team to me they're midfield good defensive midfielders you mentioned some of the attacking talent um, two players I want to ask you about David Connolly uh, Christian Benteke who didn't score again last week uh, but he's got to lead the line it's only Alexander Serlock who come on to replace him and also signed his new contract this week scored last week Wilfred Zaha. I mean, if there's any player in English football you want to be watching right now, this weekend, against a big team, at home, new contract, it's probably him. Absolutely. Look, you know, he's a terrific player. Everyone knows that they've won basically no points when he's not in the team. You know, that's gone down in folklore now. <laughs> so he's a hero. He's South London. You know, I think it's great. But what I would say, <clears throat> OK, that's, that's, that's for Zaha. But you look at Benteke, and if I was a forward, I'd think, OK, they play with inverted wingers who cut in, get shots off, they get goals. I'm the forward. Where's my crosses coming from? I'm Benteke. I need yeah. the ball in the box. I went to see Palace last year, and uh, funnily enough, I sat close to his agent, Benteke's agent. And when phone, the balls- phone not ringing? No, no, no. His phone was definitely not ringing. But I was putting a consoling arm over him. Well, I've been a forward. Look, don't worry. It'll, it'll, get, it'll come good. But basically, he never got any service. Because his wingers are, are kind of, you know, Townsend, I wouldn't say they're selfish, but they're there to also score goals. Yeah. And and when you're a forward, you need someone to be unselfish. Who's going to supply him? Who's going to put the balls in the box? Who's going to hang one up for him? And I feel, I was looking, I think, oh, he could be here till Christmas. What, he probably was. What he, <laughs> yeah. What's his body language like when you watched him, though? Yeah, his body language was 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 positive. It's just you know, if you want him to come into the ball and receive it under pressure, it's not really his strength, you know. And sometimes I, you can tell he just wants to get in the box. Look, just deliver. You know what I'm saying, does does he get on at his wingers? Hey. Is that what you want to see? Benteke shouting at Townsend, cross me the ball. Listen, if, if you're coming inside and shooting every time, you're gonna get a few f bombs and saying, <laughs> "Give me the ball." Wait. And as a, as a big man, give me the ball. Even if you're going in at half time, give me the ball. Do your mm. things, but give me the ball. Not every time. So you need a little bit of that. He's a quiet guy, there, Benteke. When you see him, he doesn't seem to be demonstrative. Yeah, on the but pitch, on the pitch, you have to change, man. Look, you've got, if you're going to have him in the team, you've got to supply him. Whether it's you know <laughs> from wide, you've got to put balls in the box for him. Look, if you put it in the air, yeah. I mean, he's going to put them away. He just needs service. Uh, right, two games covered in this segment. Uh, let's start with Tottenham, Fulham, DC prediction. What do you think? Tottenham Fulham uh, away win 2-0 oh he's so bold I, I love it hang on what is it Tottenham Fulham sorry Tottenham win Tottenham win <laughs> okay fine yes. no we're, we're holding you to Fulham 2-0 <laughs> yeah, yeah. first answer isn't it game no show more, no more bets um, yeah. um, uh, do you think Spurs win by two goals yeah Spurs 2-0 I think easy I'm going draw here I, I like Fulham I think they're going to come good very quickly uh, the other game Crystal Palace against Liverpool uh, same way around what do you think now Liverpool are away Oh, okay, got it now. Uh, I'm going to go with three uh, one Liverpool. What, Liverpool away, yeah. Liverpool, yeah. By I'm going Liverpool by two goals. 
Yeah, I think Palace will score, but I think Liverpool will come out on top. I think 3-1 Liverpool. Uh, high scoring, I can see six goals. I'm going, quite specifically, Crystal Palace 2, Liverpool 4. Next up on the preview show, we are talking Manchester City. Anyone seen Kevin De Bruyne? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Sterling inside the penalty area, Mendy on the overlap, the cutback here. Oh, brilliant goal! Bernardo Silva thrashes it high into the roof of the net. To double City's lead. Paul Cogba, captains Manchester United tonight, the recent World Cup winner. He stepped up, he did a little trot, a little dance to the ball, but he buried it at the scoreboard end. Manchester United won Leicester nil. It's the Premier League preview show for the second week of the season. Let's move on to Manchester City up against Huddersfield Town. A 1.30 UK time kickoff on Sunday. A lot of predictions, a lot of dream teams, David Walker. Uh, they're going to be changing this weekend because uh, Kevin De Bruyne... Not if you had Bernardo Silva already. Oh, well, you should have You should yeah. have him. He looks fantastic. Uh, but Kevin De Bruyne picked up a knee injury uh, this week in training. Could be out for the next... Could be 10 weeks, could be 12 weeks. Still waiting for confirmation on that. A few stats on this. Kevin De Bruyne, since making his league debut for City in September 2015, he set up 43 goals more than any other player. There's a long list of these, so I've just picked out a couple. Uh, Last season, De Bruyne claimed 16 assists in the league, top tier's most effective creator of goals. Now, you mentioned Bernardo Silva, David. You're absolutely right. A great player to come in, Riyad Mahrez. You know, the great players, there's loads of them. But the man from last season is Kevin De Bruyne, a man who's been uh, been put into that leadership group at Man City, a man they look to, talismanic figure. He's going to be out this weekend. Will there be any blow to that? Will there be any significant psychological blow? What about on the field as well? I mean, Bernardo Silva's great, but Kevin De Bruyne, is, he's the cut above, isn't he? Oh, well, he is. You can't dispute that. I mean, he's an absolutely incredible player. Have they got enough to, I guess, cover for him? Look, they want him back as quickly as possible, whether it's six, eight, ten weeks. Uh, I don't know. There's no doubt they will miss him. Can, I guess, the other teams capitalise on that? You know, can the United, your Liverpools, while he's out, you know, can they can they bridge that gap, your Chelsea's? Can they close that gap? Because he's so important to them. He's so vital. He's been a difference. Look, Aguero will be thinking, oh, no, that's my supply chain gone. You know, as a forward, he's gone. He's out. 
can those others now sort of, you know, can they bridge that gap? It'll be a loss, but look, look they've signed Mares, they've got other players, but you know, they're not yeah. they're not the same as De Bruyne. I think the way City are, the way Pep's got them, is they have a way of plan, and if someone's out, someone steps in and just takes that way of plan. Not the where other teams, you know, has a player in and he plays like this and dribbles and they have a way of plan. Whoever steps in just continues the way of plan and everyone knows the system and, you know, De Bruyne is a is like your Rolls Royce in there and, you know, they might just go and get a Bentley. Uh, so he is out this weekend and it's their first home game of the season and it's Huddersfield Town coming to <clears> town. Uh, last weekend, Dubs, they played against Chelsea, Huddersfield. Uh, and I just thought they were really woeful in this game. Now, fair enough, it is Chelsea, though it's not the Chelsea of old. It's not the, the title-winning, all-striding, dominant Chelsea. Uh, but Huddersfield looked lacking to me, and they're kind of bottom or second bottom in everyone's pre-season predictions. Anything you saw last week changed that for you? No, no, no. I was just trying to think of it. No, no. No, they've had a. Have a, they not backed the manager enough? Because he's he's obviously done a fantastic job there. Yeah, Should but, they have been yeah, back no, more? I, I think they've bought the sort of players that David Wagner likes. It's the yeah. same sort of players that they bought when they came up, and the and the ones that they bought. But when that's they, what when Klopp used to say. Then they gave him money. Well, maybe, but I mean, it's Huddersfield Town. This isn't Liverpool, and I think he'll be he'll be happy with what he's got. And if they stay up again, which I don't think they will, but the reason they stayed up last season was mainly because of the manager and the spirit that he instills in that tight group of players. But quality-wise, they, they don't have enough. If, Man City, I mean, yeah. City. If, I, if I look at Huddersfield, I think Huddersfield, and I'm, I'm using the the blueprint of an at Reading, all Huddersfield have to do, they have their mini-league, don't they? And if they stay on top of their mini-league, you took it talking the Brightons, the Fulhams, uh, the uh, all them teams down the bottom, if they stay on top of that mini-league, they stay up. So Chelsea, okay, we played both all that, but we have to be ready for when we play the other teams. If we're on top of that, we stay in this league. So they have other teams in and around them that if they win them games, the, the, the Chelsea's, the Man City bonus games, they get anything out of that, well, bonus. But other than that, they just have to beat the other teams in and around them, and that's how they're going to stay up. I think that look, I agree with Michael there. It's just I think the, the signings they've made, like Congolo on a free and Hamer. They look at the size that have come up and are spending hundred million. Yeah, you know, are they keeping up? Not with the Kardashians, but are they keeping up with their, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. uh, those you sides are with the money? Much time on the road. Yes, that's the box set you had the way here, isn't it? I know. Um, any chance they try and get forward against City? Do they get the ball against City? We saw them draw nil nil here last season. Back end of last campaign, they stopped City scoring at home, which which basically no one else did. Beat Man United at home last season. Beat well, Man United at home. I mean, there is some talent in there. People like Aaron Moy, people like Pritchard, who I really like. I think the trouble for Huddersfield, it won't be for this weekend because, of course, it's Man City, but it's worth saying they've still got Mounier and De Poitras as the two strikers. And, and that that's where they could have... I mean, you, you turn around and you look at other teams. I mean, couldn't they have gone for someone like Solomon Rondon? Realistically, would that not have improved them? But then they didn't have a Dwight Gale to swap. I guess that's that's their only problem. You know, who wants their their players? And there aren't many, you know, many players there that other sides want at a minute. So I, I think they're in for a, a difficult season. Uh, difficult weekend as well against uh, Manchester City. Uh, Going to be tough for anybody. Let's move on to Manchester United. They go to Brighton this weekend. It's a four o'clock kickoff on Sunday. That's UK time. Uh, I wanted to start on Brighton here because I love Chris Hewton after the Watford game last week where they were blown away by a brilliant performance by Pereira. And I'm always saying on this show, my favourite player outside the top six. I love him when he's fit. The volley. We'll get to it, but it was fantastic. Uh, but he said last week, Chris Hewton after the game, Brighton manager, 
I don't know what happened. I'm left wondering what happened. Um, they brought in a lot of players, David Connolly, during the summer. Uh, a lot of players from varying countries as well. Maybe they've made a lot of change to the squad, if not the team. Um, what went wrong last week and how do they put it right this week? Well, I think I might have an idea what went wrong because, funnily enough, I saw them twice pre-season. Once against Wimbledon and once against Charlton. And <clears throat> they play the same way. 4-2-3-1. Very defensive as Chris likes to play. Two holding midfielders in front of the two centre-halves. That's a box that doesn't move. Puts an awful lot of pressure on those wide men. One to come up with goals and one uh, another thing to create goals. Now, they just don't have enough goals in their side. Mm. They really don't. I mean, they were, they were poor against uh, Wimbledon. <laughs> they were poor against Charlton. And they had Murray up front, who's not going to run away from you. You know, you just mark him tight in the box. You negate him. Jahan Bax is sort of 20 million. Look, they've spent a lot of money, but... But only, I think it's only him and one other player got in the side last week. Jahan uh, Bash come on. I think Basuma came on as well as a new signing. He they looked good, at, he good they bought, But they brought in all these players and they haven't got into the starting eleven, which is indicates the whole point of new players, doesn't it? Well, I think... If, he, if you're Brighton, not if you're Liverpool and you're buying a bench. Sure, but I just feel the way Chris likes to do it, he has his methodical way building up pre-season and, and they didn't figure pre-season. So I think he wanted to go with those players that yeah. had played the games and, and then hope they get a performance. I'm sure Jahan Bax will start at the weekend, but, you know, 20 million, he was top scoring in Holland, but I think I think it's a, it's a big ask. Yeah, if, if you're buying players and then pre-seasons is where you're getting your ideas how they fit in and if they're not really you're not really seeing too much of them and then you're going to try them in in the league games it's a bit um, mind-boggling if I'm honest with you yeah Um, you liked him last week good player in in the, the context of the performance relatively speaking he was the only shining light he came on a bit of a cameo created a chance took on a few players nearly scored a good goal there was promise there but mm. you know you've got to do a lot more you've got to do it consistently from the start lots to ponder for Chris Hewitt and lots to ponder for Jose Mourinho as well who praised the monster Paul Pogba on Friday after their victory against Leicester City that speculation that story just won't go away we expect him to start again uh, this weekend for Manchester United I was doing the commentary of this game and I just thought they were outplayed for so much of it certainly the first half Leicester had the ball and at Old Trafford United are chasing him around they couldn't get anywhere near James Madison it was a win but again it's another week of us questioning what Jose Mourinho is actually doing what he actually wants and how they're actually going to play yeah I mean I was come away from the game watch the game and, and then people were raving about some of the performance about the Man United players and I didn't see the game like that mm. I, I saw um, Pogba he'd he done alright was trying stuff and giving the ball away I saw Fred the, the game was going away. I thought Fred was awful I mean he's lucky not to get sent off should have been sent off um, I, I, I didn't see the game like, so I was just thinking this this is Manchester United they looked like they were on the back foot they didn't look like they had a grip of the game they come away with a win like many of Jose Mourinho's performances for Man United they just get the win um, what direction they're going their, their players body language don't look great um, how they're playing a lot. He's not getting the maximum, <clears throat> excuse me, out of most of his players, if not all. Um, so it's a strange Man United. There's, all I say is they got the result, which for him, the manager, that's all that matters. But for the fans, they need a little bit more because it's Manchester United. Do they get on the front foot though in this game? Because they were poor when they went to Brighton last year, mm. uh, back end of last season. Terrible performance from United. Won by Brighton, they stayed up. Great night at the Amex, yeah. uh, and I'm sure there'll be Brighton fans who have that very much in the forefront of their minds. They need a performance after last week, so United can't go to the Amex this weekend. Sit back, try and absorb Brighton. That, that won't be acceptable, will it? 
You had a situation pre-season where Jose Mourinho was saying about these opening fixtures, Leicester difficult, Brighton away difficult. And that would never have happened in years gone by for Manchester United. They would be going away to Brighton and thinking, right, lads, come on, let's have some fun here. Let's yeah. take the game to them and let's blow them out of the park. But, you know, now you've got that bit of caution that's in the players' heads already. Mm. I mean, there's no doubt Pogba's got, uh, I think, a point to prove against Mourinho and he doesn't really feel he has to, you know, six months ago he was left out instead of McTominay against Sevilla so I'm sure he's thinking now well you know you did that to me players don't forget I'm sure he wants to leave that mm. football club there's no doubt and and he should be thriving I mean that player should be thriving mm. at, at Old Trafford like he was for France like he has been that's why they spent night why isn't he and and uh, you've got to lay the blame at, at Jose's door in terms of his man manager you really do I've got to ask you one final question on United Alexis Sanchez who was in my dream team last week uh, could have done better um he has had a summer off. He's fully fit. He's ready to go. And yet against Leicester last week, all he did was cut inside, do a bad cross, nothing happened, no one supporting him. Is it going to work for him? No. In, in a word, no. I, I, I just can't see it uh, working out from Old Trafford. Look, he's, they've only got Darmian as one right back anyway, but uh, you know, poor management from, from Marino letting Fosu Mensa out. They've got no cover. But in terms of Alexis Sanchez, those days at Arsenal seem, seem like, mm. you know, those 20 plus goals per season, it seems like, a distant memory I'm not sure he's going to get yeah, them he, back he, he looked one with the body language that said it all he didn't look like he's let's say cutting in bad cross bad pass hand in on his head he didn't look good I don't think it'll work out for him I think he needs to go somewhere where he can express himself the way he wants to play I can see a series reading the body with Michael Jubry I'm loving yeah, it yeah. Uh, right let's do some predictions City against Huddersfield first Dubas come to you first um, City win by three goals three I'm going to go by five by five four Okay, I'll take what, what's left. Two, I'll take two. Six. Uh, City clean sweep. Uh, what about the other game? Uh, big game as well for Manchester United up against Brighton away from home. What do you think? Uh, let's go to you first. I, I don't think it'll be a great game, but I do think Man United will squeak it like last week. Two one United. Uh, United will win by a goal. I think they'll they'll score a couple actually, and I think two or three nil. Yeah, clean sweep United for me as well. Stay with us here on the preview show. Next up, we're talking about Cardiff against Newcastle United. Boost from the Cardiff fans, up steps Wilson, and it's a good save from Efridge, who guessed right, went down to his left, and palms it away for a corner. Very good save, that from Neil Efridge. And he's got uh, Richie outside of him, gets it back onto his left, but whips it in, really good ball, header into the back of the net. Brilliant response from Newcastle, headed home by the glancing forehead of Bosselu. It's the Premier League preview show for the second week of the season. Loads of games still to get through. Let's start at the Cardiff City Stadium up against Newcastle United. Our Cardiff this weekend. It's the 12.30 UK time kickoff. Cardiff have won eight of their ten home league games so far in 2018. Of course, many of those, all of those, are in the championship up to this weekend. Uh, lost against Bournemouth last weekend. David Connolly. See much that would change the view of many that they're going to be in the bottom three this season? Uh, probably not. Look, I think, uh, you know, he pulled up Trees getting them promoted, Cardiff. Uh, Neil Warnock. He signed players. I think that probably were the ones he could have got. You know, and I think they're good signings. Probably with an eye on getting relegated as well. That be able to bounce back up. I think they're in for a, a difficult season. Look, they didn't have Zahor last week, but even when they brought in Medine, he didn't score a goal for them. Mm. And and that's their strike force. It's going to put an awful lot of pressure on the back line. And I, I don't think, it, although it did do well last season, I think it's a step up in class. I think they're going to struggle. Can I ask you about Bobby Reid? Because, of course, he played last weekend. You would have seen him last year in the Championship a decent amount. Is he Premier League quality? I think you've got to give him that opportunity. I mean, uh, whether their style of play will suit him, I, I don't know. He's gone from playing in a side that plays a 
sort of not total football, but uh, your football's on the on the floor a lot and playing through the thirds to to a, a different proposition. Look, he'll work ever so hard. There's no doubt, but I just wonder whether he'll be it just be chasing sort of lost causes and picking up scraps. Mm. And I think it's going to be difficult for him. But I think he's a terrific player. Dooms, what about Newcastle United last weekend against Spurs? I thought they did all right. They did a lot of the, all the basic jobs right, but they, do they still like a little bit of flair because they'll need that to win this sort of game. Oh, listen, I fancy them to win this game, um, and it's one of the ones that they look to think we've got to get points here. Against Spurs, did okay. Um, great goal, mm. but I, from poor defending, really, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing enough to win this game, but I'm looking at them saying mid-table fighting a bit of relegation battle, then up then down I think they're being around that this yeah. season I don't see much that's going to excite me if I'm honest tight game this one between Cardiff and Newcastle let's move on to Everton Southampton 3 o'clock on Saturday uh, David Walker how much did you enjoy the performance of Richarlison last weekend uh, I've got to give you this stat it was incredible we spoke about it last week yeah. on the show scored with both of his shots on goal against Wolves on his Everton debut he'd failed to score in his last 53 shots at Watford well, that shows you... That Leave Watford, get better. When, well, when he was at Watford in the, the, the latter half of last season, he was still trying. He lost his confidence, he lost his form, but he never he never stopped going, getting in those positions and having the shots. And then they both came off for him in his debut against Wolves. He looked lively every time he got the ball. He tried to make something happen. He was a very direct player and he looked really promising. He went off with a little knock towards the end, but I think he's going to be fine this weekend against Southampton. I think the Everton fans will love him. I think the Everton fans will like Marco Silva. It will be a lot more fun than it was under Sam Allardyce. Mm. They'll, they'll concede a fair few goals, I think, but they'll score plenty going forward as well, and I think this will be a similar sort of game on on, with, uh, on Saturday. With your stat, I just worked out, that's like Everton paid nearly a million pounds for every missed shot. <laughs> just a little bit of... Well, Marcel Brands did say that they paid over the odds because of the bad feeling between the clubs because of oh, the way they approached okay. Marco Silva. But good maths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good maths. Math. Another Quick string. Math. Another Quick string math. to the bow. Yeah. Um, Dude, what about Everton uh, defensively last week? Of course, Phil Jagielka got sent off for... Was it a red? Was it not? We don't want to have that yeah, debate yeah, again. Yeah, it's been yeah. going all I'm week. But will we maybe see Yeri Mina come in this, win, this week? Uh, Dinier was on the bench last weekend. Will, will he maybe get his first start? Um, I'm not sure that the, the way the selection will go, but... I was gutted that um, Sigerson never had to come off because of it. Obviously, ex uh, Reading teammate, good player. Yeah. Um, there's a different feel about ever, and I think there's like it's a weight been lifted. They want to play, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Everton this year because um, they could be, I think, mm. a little surprise package. What about Southampton last weekend against Burnley? I mean, yet another nil-nil, uninspiring nil-nil. Should they have had a penalty later on? Yeah, VAR would have said yes, but that's not the world we live in. Thanks, Premier League. Um, but Mark Hughes seems to have the same issue that they've had for a long time now, scoring goals, scoring goals. Yeah, look, they've had an indifferent pre-season. Results haven't been, you know, great. Uh, they've made a few signings. Armstrong, you know, obviously Danny Ings came on and he did well. He good, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, and uh, um, great to see him back fit. I think he'll be a good addition, but it's a side that's had a lot of a lot of uh, turnaround in players you know obviously Tadic gone uh, you know Classy I don't obviously is going to be a miss but obviously they've, they've balanced the books there it's just a club with a, a lot of changeover a lot of turnaround in the in the in the staff in the playing squad um, I think this will be a I think this will be a, a really tight game but going back to Richarlison if you yeah. remember last season I said I saw him against Bournemouth I said what a player and then as the season on when you went He's rubbish. He's rubbish. I said, well, um, let me tell you, he looked a fantastic player. And I'm not saying he's worth 50 million, but he has got 
he has got real good ability. So you're saying that you thoroughly researched the point and I just threw something stupid at you? Absolutely. That sounds like the premise of this programme and we're sticking to it. Uh, let's talk about Leicester Wolves, three o'clock on Saturday. I was doing the commentary of Wolves, uh, the Everton game on Saturday night just gone. Uh, and some of the play, you know, if you hadn't seen him last season, some of the Connor Cody dropping deep, the big diagonals to the overlapping uh, wing backs, the performance of Ruben Neves, I thought Raul Jimenez, who got the nod up front, scored the, the equalising goal, was fantastic. Uh, look, they're going to be a lot of fun this season, but this is a different sort of test against Leicester. Everton were down to 10 men for 45 minutes. They dominated the ball. They were at home. The atmosphere was incredible. There's loads of great videos for those that haven't seen it from last week. Uh, But a different test against Leicester this weekend. Absolutely. I saw Wolves last season. I think they were ninth at the time. And I had to do a report on them. And and the report was so strong. You know, they were like, are you sure they're that good? I said, yeah, these these are that good. These are the best side in the division. It doesn't matter they're ninth. They had players who could keep the ball better than anyone I'd seen and they, they had I mean so much talent they didn't so much they could allow Barry Douglas to go to Leeds I mean you know he was fantastic for them so I think that step up in class going up to the Premier League to me they've got the players yeah. that can that can cope with that I'm not saying they're going to you know breeze it but they've got such a such a way of playing and, and, and retaining the ball and, and such good players intelligent players who are so comfortable I think they'll be okay. I, I really do this season. It'll be it, Wolves traditionally have gone up and then gone down, but I, th- I think they might have a real chance. Yeah, I, I look at the teams in and around them, and I think that they they sit comfortably on top of those teams, the ones that come up, and all the others. I think they sit there. I like I like how I saw them play uh, the weekend. Just gone, um, they're coming up against a, a, a team slightly different in Leicester. I think Leicester. I liked what I saw of them. Um, well, James Madison was very impressive on yeah, Friday. Great performance. Yeah, 21 still, I think. Yeah, I thought he, he, a mature performance. Um, uh, I liked what he, what he was doing. Um, yeah, I, I think Wolves will... It'll be a tight game, this one. Mm. Very well matched. Well matched. Uh, Jamie Vardy back in the starting eleven because last week I felt as if he was playing against United. They'd have got something from that game. Um, Poor old Ianacho. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen no, for him. I think Vardy has to start. And I think there's going to be some interesting matchups in this game. I think Chilwell played quite well against Man United. I think Gray ahead of him, look, they look good down that left-hand side. And I think Wolves, it, it's kind of going to be a bit of a battle down the flanks. If Wolves can push up their wing-backs and push Leicester's full-backs back, or can they do it the other way? And that could be the deciding factor in the game. Uh, should be tight, should be entertaining, as all Wolves games are going to be this season. Uh, let's go to West Ham. The Ammons up against Bournemouth this weekend. A repeat of the opening ever Premier League game at London Stadium, which was a drab old one near a couple of years ago. Look, last weekend, it's Liverpool away. You're going to lose the game. They did lose the game, but um, Doobes, i got to ask you about that defensive line that West Ham were holding. New manager, he'd obviously told him yeah. to keep on the edge of the penalty area. There was a bit where West Ham's defensive wall for a free kick was behind the defensive line. So why would the line be there? Is that a case of taking the manager's instructions yeah. too literally? Like as, as players, we get instructions, but they're a guideline. Once you're on that pitch, you know, use them to the guideline. But that whole stay there, I don't know if they're getting fined if they go beyond that line, <laughs> but it was like, they were just like, it was, it was, it was crazy that how they were defending. It just, and that must, that seems so uncomfortable for them that the way he's doing it, it just looks so bad on the pitch. So, Surely, you know, if they've used it all pre-season, if it's worked for them, but it, it just looked really bad 
really bad. I mean, they were great in pre-season. Uh, Arnautovic was on fire. I mean, inspired putting him up top. You can't deny he's a top, top player. But I just think they got it all wrong last week. And mm. I think they'll learn from it. I think they'll be much stronger at home. They need to get their home form right. They've got match winners in their side. For, what, five of the nine players started? I'm sure they'll be better for it. But, you know, Bournemouth, I think, you know, they're, they're going great guns themselves. And, you know, they'll be, a, I think, a difficult opponent away from home. Pell- yeah. Pellegrini's not a very tactically flexible manager is he he's kind of got one way of playing which mm. is wants to get the ball down wants to play he's not going to say we're going to sit deep for this match we're going to change our style to, uh, depending on who we're playing and I think what happened last week will continue to happen against the big teams they'll probably get beaten but against someone like Bournemouth and the lesser teams I think they might be a lot better than they were last season uh, yeah I just wonder about the centre of that midfield Jack Wilshere, Declan Rice Mark Noble didn't think it was going to work didn't think it worked and they're going to have to start with that this weekend because that's what's there. The cupboard is bare. I don't count Carlos Sanchez. Uh, what about Bournemouth up against Cardiff last weekend? Uh, great performance. High intensity performance. Classic Bournemouth performance. Longest serving manager in the Premier League in Eddie Howe. They are a bit of a bogey team for West Ham as well. Look, we talk about West Ham going forward. Uh, Dubs, Eddie Howe's team are going to get forward this weekend as well. Yeah, one of my old teams was there at 18. So I've got a little bit of uh, Bournemouth in my heart. Um, I like how he set them up. I like Eddie Howe, um, former teammate while I was down there. Um, I think he's... He, that's his club. He's got them doing what he wants them to do. They're entertaining. I like them. And yeah, I, I think that he's he'd, he'd do well against a West Ham team. I like Ryan Fraser as well. And I liked how Neil Warnock called him the little fella last week. It was like going back to a halcyon day. I loved it. But on Ryan Fraser, you, you, you know, this is a story of a, a young player that had to then go out on loan to get games. So he spent a long time at Ipswich. I saw him at Ipswich, you know, and he needed games. You know, you talk yeah. about, say, Loftus-Cheek earlier and all these players. You know, they need games. He dropped down. He dropped down the league, went down to Ipswich under yeah. Mick McCarthy, got loads of game time, brought him on. Now he's playing and, and obviously doing really well in the Premier League. And, uh, you know, that that's only because he had to go and get games. Yeah. It's, it, that's, not a, that's a format that it doesn't happen so much nowadays, does it? They go out, they come back, they go out. There's Usually you go out for a purpose to get games mm. to come back. But now it's just people just go out and then see where they land after a while. So... Fair play to him. Right, let's move on to Burnley against Watford. Last game we not mentioned. We're recording the programme before Burnley's game in Europe against Basaks are here, so we don't know how that's gone, so we'll assume everyone's come through it fine and dandy. Uh, let's talk about Watford first, because I thought they were fantastic against Brighton last week. Maybe the performance of the weekend from Pereira, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Again, if he stays fit, I think Watford are going to have a great season. Uh, David, of course, you played up front uh, for Watford Football Club. Um, what about the way they're playing under Harry Grazia? They've not been great away from home during his tenure. What do they need to that, change? Again, not yes. scored. No goals, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's a club that has got its way of doing things, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, do bad, you're sacked. Yes, and it's um, live by the sword, die by. So he knows he's under pressure. Like he's he's obviously got to. Uh, get those points on the board he's done that obviously against Brighton and, and, and they were superb two great goals um, I think what is the challenge for them what do those owners want I don't know what the expectations of that football I, they, club they, are they want us to finish seventh That was that's literally their stated aim is to be the best of, of the rest Wow. Okay. Mm. I, I think that's really hard conditions mm. for a manager to work in. But you know, look, people will take the challenge probably for the money that's yeah. on offer. It might be a short-term uh, challenge. You know, you're just going by game to game. Uh, but they, they were terrific last week, and um, I'm sure they'll fancy that they might be able to pick something up here against against a Burnley side. Look, they've been in the Europa League. They've had a lot of football already, and you know, I think it should be a good game. I think it's a really, really big game for Watford and for Javi Gracia because everyone will be looking at that away record when he yeah. came in last season. Didn't score a goal away 
away from home in the Premier League under him last season. They're playing Burnley. Remember Burnley last season when they had the terrible away record the year before and then the, their first away game the next season, they put it to bed early. If they get a goal at least or get a positive result, it's that, that hoodoo is lifted from the players' mm. minds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I'm local to Watford. The whole area is buzzing. You know, it's like, yes, well done. And I hear the chats and the whisper of the Watford fans. But hearing you say their expectations is, is, is seventh is like... Mm. I think that there's a realism. I, mean, they, yeah. I think they know that it's really difficult, but I think that is where they want to be. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we all yeah. have targets. Yeah, yeah. No, but if you set a set your target of 72 goals for the season, like you're going, come on now, <laughs> make your targets realistic. Yeah, but at, at some clubs, they say, fair enough. And then at Watford, they sack you. But they do have to look. They got the likes of Decoure. I mean, they've kept him. Mm. He's a top top player, yeah. you know. And I think Burnley, have, uh, you know, would want some of the players in Watford side, you know. So I think, I think. I think it should be a good game. And just really briefly, do before Premier League defender, I want to ask you about Burnley's defence because I'm so impressed whenever I see the back four. Last weekend it was Lauten, Tarkovsky, me and Ward. Gibson can come in, Taylor can come in. Joe Hart's been fantastic so far in every game he's played. Again, he was great at Southampton last week, and that's what it's all built on, isn't it, for Burnley? That great defence. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, they're organised, you know. And if you get like my thing is, you, you you build from the back. Every top Premier League winning title team is is about defence, and you know you take it on, and it gives everyone else your flair players, your show players. Players, the confidence is going to do what you're doing because you know at the back they've got it sorted and Burnley seem to do that Alright let's do some quick predictions from the, the games we mentioned in this segment uh, Dave we'll start with you we'll go this way around let's start with Cardiff Newcastle what do you think? Uh, way win I'll go 2-0 Newcastle Draw 1-0 uh, Yeah I quite fancy Newcastle in this one as well Everton Southampton same way around 1-0 Everton Everton by two goals I think 3-1 Everton Southampton are in it it's going to be 0-0 uh, Leicester against Wolves Oh, good game, but I'm going to go for a home win. 2-1. Leicester by a goal. I think this one will be a draw. 2-2. Two, two. Wolves, 1-2 for me. Uh, West Ham United, Bournemouth. Tough one this weekend. I'm going to go for a... Uh, get the campaign off to a win. I'm going to go home win for West Ham. 1-0. West Ham by a goal. I think West Ham, 2-1. Uh, clean sweep, Hammers, 3-1 for me. And the last game we not mentioned, uh, Burnley up against Watford. <sighs> I'm still going to go for a home win as much as Watford I think will do quite well. I'll go for 2-1 Burnley. Burnley by two goals. 1-0 Watford. Yeah, I fancy Watford as well after the Thursday game. I quite fancy him. Uh, Love Pereira as well. Right, that's the end of our show for this week. Thank you to the panel. If you are listening to the show on a radio station, it's also available as a podcast. Subscribe today and you'll be able to get a longer preview of all 10 matches sent straight to your phone. We'll see you next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.